can't help wondering what they're thinking. Are they wondering what it would be like for them to be able to march? Or do they feel even a bit worried even participating by being in the crowd? Welcome to 100 Years, 100 Objects, stories from the collections of Lancaster City Museums. My name is Rachel Roberts and I'm the Collections Registrar for Lancaster City Museums. In this series, we're celebrating 100 years of our museums by looking in depth at 100 of our favourite objects and the stories that they can tell. Today's object is a postcard with a sweet and funny message on the back. But the image on the front can take us into a time in Lancaster's history when life was hard. Today's object is a postcard showing a labour demonstration in 1906. The postcard is a standard size for postcards at the time, 14 centimetres by 9 centimetres. On the front is a sepia image of a crowd of people in Dalton Square. Onlookers are watching a long column of men walk past them. There are dozens of men walking, although we can't see the beginning or the end of the procession, and there are hundreds of people in the crowd. On the back is a short but sweet message from a working class man to his daughter. Taken together, the front and the back of this postcard give us a fascinating insight into working-class life in Lancaster around the turn of the century. We spoke to Imogen Tyler, Professor of Sociology at Lancaster University, to find out more. On the front is written Labour Demonstration, Lancaster, June the 30th, 1906. And what we can see in it is a long column of men they look well-dressed, like they're in their Sunday best with uh, boater hats, some with top hats, some with flat caps. Um, so they, these are smart, kind of probably working-class men uh, in their Sunday best marching through Dalton Square. And there's a large crowd either side of them, at least one policeman we can see. And what we can also see in the photograph is some scaffolding at the back, which is around the centre park in Dalton Square, which are obviously under construction, which is right historically, because we know the new town hall and the gardens in Dalton Square were opened in 1909, but they took at least three years to build. So I did a little bit of detective work on the postcard and what's written on the back, which is stamp dated July 1906. And the card is addressed to Miss Miriam Tennant, Royal Lancaster Infirmary. And the card reads, Dear Miriam, this has a puzzle. Find Miriam Tennant. You look as if you're going to shout at somebody or else hit them. It will be a nice job for you to look for yourself. Hoping you are getting on all right. With best love from all at home. Yours truly, Dada Joe. And I think this card is written to a Miriam Tennant who would have been born in 1890 in Lancaster, so she'd be 16. She is a cotton weaver. Her dad, I think, who's written this card is John Tennant, who is a coach and wagon fitter in Lancaster. This is a working class man. Perhaps he's one of the marchers or perhaps he's in the crowd. And I think actually it makes it quite an important piece of working class history for us to understand what's happening in working class lives in Lancaster in this period. 
What we also know, if this is Miriam Tennant, is that her family moved away from Lancaster after the wagon works closed, probably. They closed in 1909. They left thousands of people unemployed. They've moved to Burnley and he carries on being a wagon worker and actually Miriam carries on living with her mum and dad and her sister. And she remained a cotton weaver for all her working life. She remains unmarried and dies at the age of 59 in 1949. This family had five children, but only three of them survived to adulthood. So that tells us something else, I think, about working class lives in this period. So what do we know about the demonstration shown in the photograph on this card? What was going on that day and what was the event actually about? It took a little bit of searching to find out about what this Labour demonstration is because what we do know is that this is probably quite an unusual event in Lancaster's history. I did find an article on searching from the Lancaster Standard and County Advertiser Friday the 6th of July 1906. The title is Labour Day, Workmen's Demonstration at Lancaster, Speeches by Labour MPs. And and it's quite a long article that goes on to describe a whole weekend of kind of activity. A Friday night meeting, which has got really quite important national figures in the Labour movement So in 1906, there'd just been a general election. And at this election, there was a kind of pact between the Liberal Party and the Labour Party not to contest each other in particular areas. And the Labour had managed to get around 50 MPs. They were called the Labour Representation Party at this point. And speaking in Lancaster, two of these newly elected MPs who would go on to be leader of the Labour Party one of whom, Mr Barnes, is General Secretary of the Engineers Society, a very kind of powerful union, and the other, Kleins, he's just been elected as an MP for Manchester, and he's also Secretary of the Gas Workers and General Labourers Union. Both of them are men from working class backgrounds who've managed to become elected MPs, which in itself in this period is a kind of extraordinary achievement. And they're joined by some women who are also speaking. And this is a period before women had the vote. So women could have political roles locally to a limited extent. But to see working class women speaking at a meeting was pretty extraordinary. And then there's a number of local socialist and labour activists speaking. One of whom, a Reverend Hastings, he's a Reverend from Halton. Um, And probably the most significant figure is Wall, who was a well-known local socialist and labour movement person who really came up against the local politics and the local industrialists at that time, Williamson in particular, who despised him. It's worth mentioning where the meeting was. It's being held in the cooperative hall. So the cooperative hall today is at the back of TK Maxx. It's that beautiful building with archways and it hadn't been open very long and it would have had a meeting hall inside and also kind of a market where you went to buy shopping at a reduced price. And if you look at the corner of that building, it's got a beehive and a bee, which is a sign of the cooperative movement. We can imagine this meeting in this quite grand and beautiful building that also was representing a new working class 
consciousness and solidarity and political voice in this period. And what was being said in this meeting? What was the key message that was being given to the people of Lancaster? Basically, we're here to say to the working class people in Lancaster, you need to get organised. There's a new political party, the Labour Party, but there's also Labour representation and local politics happening all over the county. Why isn't that happening here? Unless you start to unionise in these big factories, which at the time was the Lino factories, Williamson and Story, you can't expect these large employers to represent your interests. They're never going to give you higher wages. They're never going to give you shorter hours. They're about profit. And there's an open acknowledgement in the report that Lancaster is sort of seen as exceptional as a town where there's a lot of unskilled labour working in factories. Elsewhere, what we're seeing in Lancashire is much more grassroots political activity. But in Lancaster at this time, the only recognised unions in terms of the two big employers, Williamson and Story, are some skilled workers, so engineers, some people who would have worked at the wagon works, some people who might have worked in the furniture, the gillows. So this meeting is on the Friday evening, And then the next day, what the newspaper tells us, this is when the march takes place that we can see in the photograph, all the way through Lancaster, that ends up in Skirton. And then in Skirton, there's a big rally. We hear that the Holton Brass Band are playing, and we know that the Reverend Hastings, rector of Holton, is walking. So let's look a little deeper into the reasons why trade unionism was so rare in Lancaster. Imogen told us a little bit about the control that industrialists had over the town and their workers. What we can see in the photograph is some of Williamson's philanthropy that still remains with us in the architecture of Lancaster. He's the one who funded himself totally the building of this magnificent town hall, at the same time making Williamson Park and the famous Ashton Memorial. But what we also knew is that Williamson, with story, exercised an incredible political control over Lancaster. He kind of decided who would be elected to local council. He kind of determined who would be the MP, and he was a Liberal. And so we tended to have a Liberal MP. In fact, he was MP himself for a period because Lancaster is quite geographically isolated than lots of the mill-working towns further south, there was a captive labour force here and the pay could be controlled. And the evidence suggests that between them, Story and Williamson did actually fix wages. They kept wages artificially low. And so unless you kind of up sticks and moved your whole family to Preston or Burnley or Manchester, you were operating in a context where two very powerful men were controlling not only wages and conditions of work, they were also controlling the politics. A really good place to look about this is the Elizabeth Roberts All History Archive, which you can access online. And if you read the accounts of how Williamson in particular operated, it sounds like he would give these large philanthropic gestures 
but he expected deference in return. So he would donate to the infirmary that Miriam is in and also taxed his workers to pay for the infirmary. And he was building the town hall and the park, but actually the living conditions for people was pretty poor. There was one incident in particular where Williamson, the working people and the Labour Party clashed in the town. There was a local council election in Skirton. Williamson lives in Skirton in his very large house next to actually what would have been quite slum housing that a lot of his workers lived in. There's lots of oral history that he used to spy on his workers and had a black book around people who he didn't like the politics of. It came to a head in 1911 when they fielded an independent Labour Party candidate and he was incensed by this but it came down to the casting vote which was the returning officer who was really controlled by Williamson and it was the Liberal who got in but he was so angry about this that he created almost like a war against his workers. It was actually reported in the New York Times. On the 11th of November 1911, the New York Times writes, Ashton warns workers, tell employees who will close shop rather than raise wages. He posted a notice at Loom Mills and said he was cancelling a previously agreed rise in wages. And then he proceeded to sack all of those of a known association with the Labour Party. And then it got bigger. He said he would cease all philanthropic investment in Lancaster. Given all that we've talked about, does this tell us anything more about the people we can see in our image? So we can see this procession of men. And what we know, understanding politics at the time, is that if you worked for... Williamson and Story, you're very unlikely to risk being seen in a Labour march through the town. You're much more likely to be one of the skilled workers who is in a union or is in a secure enough employment position that you would feel able to march without threat of losing your livelihood. I think watching the march is some of the people who would have worked in Williamson and Story's factories and you can't help wondering what they're thinking. Are they wondering what it would be like for them to be able to march or do they feel even a bit worried even participating by being in the crowd? To finish, Imogen read some of the accounts from workers that have survived to today to give us an idea of how some of them experienced this time. This is a cotton mill worker who began working for Williamson as a child of 14 while the town hall was being built. She said, you see, after all is said and done, it was slave labour. The manufacturers got a lot of work for nothing. No wonder they got rich. Another former employee describes how Williamson treated his workers, quote, like dogs, recalling how the stonemasons employed in his quarry regularly died from silicosis. Their life expectancy was 35 to 40. Then they were finished. So there was a sense that he might have built the town hall parks and monuments or the structure, as local people referred to the Ashton Memorial at the time, because they didn't want to call it the Ashton Memorial. But he failed to do anything to address the low wages and slum conditions in which many of his workers lived, or some of the very unsafe conditions in the factories and in the associated quarries. So this is someone talking about the conditions in Lancaster in exactly the period the photo was taken. 
It's like going into the depths of despair, houses with no back way out, a lack of fresh air ventilation, small windows, and you could almost smell the atmosphere. And this is a doctor. He says the children were thin and skinny and often very anemic. The parents had very poor wages. They go together, poverty and disease, lack of hygiene, lack of opportunity. In 1909, when the town hall was opened, one man recounts, people sang linoleum, one pound and three. That is what I pay my men, you see, in mocking references to Williamson's poverty wages. To celebrate the opening of the town hall, Williamson's wife, Lady Ashton, distributed special boxes of chocolates to local school children. In the oral history, the children of Skirton returned their chocolates, throwing them uneaten, in their celebratory boxes over the wall into Williamson's Ryland estate. Thank you so much for marching through this piece of history with us today. We hope you will listen to some of our other episodes where we discuss everything from Emperor Posthumus to local photographers.